Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Indeed, fighting crime indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Wednesday Night Wrestling Debate Show for Wednesday, May the 3rd, 2017. And I am your leader, the Captain of Captains, if you will, the Iceman, Jerry DiGiolmo, 
Caller ID 139925-POUND, and you can join us here till 9 o'clock. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a lot to talk about. As Once again, we are back at the debate table, and believe me, folks, there's going to be a lot to discuss tonight. How I am expecting the king and queen of the madness table joining me here relatively shortly. King Enemy Edward T. Smith, the master of disaster, the king of sting, the count of Montefisto, the architect himself. And, of course, we're expecting the true first lady of wrestling, of King Classy, MLD herself, the Black Widow herself, Michelle Lindos from Palmyra, Virginia, one half of the six-person women's tag team, and of course, one of the finest hosts on uh, the radio network, also the co-host of Top Heel Inc., however, with her brother Gerard T. Smith, and also a member of the six-person women's tag team championships. Tonight, folks, we're going to be kicking around a little old school, if you will, however, as we did here tonight, however, we're going to be talking a lot about anything and anything you want to discuss, so if you're going to give us a call Feel free to give us a shout-out right now. We'll be here till 9 o'clock. We are expecting, as I said, Michelle, however, here tonight, as well as Gerard and whoever else calls in. Please give us a call. We're going to be here till 9 o'clock, of course, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a lot to talk about in more ways than one. One of the things I want to discuss as we start out the show tonight, of course, obviously, is, once again, the Raw ratings. As we do each and every week, ladies and gentlemen, here, usually on the show, we talk about what happened on Monday night. Uh, last week, as you know, ladies and gentlemen, raw ratings tanked big time to a 2.05 hour and averaged only 3 million people. Uh, it was one year ago at this time, however, that raw delivered a 2.35 rating or 2.3 rating and had for 3.4 million viewers watching the show. This is the first time, however, that raw has dipped below 2.0 in 2017 because Monday night, folks, it really really suffered. As a result, they scored an even two, however, and had 2.87 million people watching. That's right, 2.87 million. I know we've talked about this subject before. I'm going to bring it up again, folks, and maybe you guys can tell me if I'm uh, goofy or if I'm right on the money here uh, in more ways. Than, but I'd love to hear from you all about the same subject I'm going to bring up now, ladies and gentlemen. Obviously, of course, raw ratings, however, have uh, suffered, however, over the last few years, ever since they moved to the three-hour time slot back in 2014, however, by making it a three-hour show. And I have to ask you all the same question I ask everyone every week, however, whether it be on this show, whether it be on Raw Radio, whether it be discussed on Revolution, Attitude Radio, Top Heel, whatever. Is three hours too much for the WWE to watch you fans every Monday night, and should they start scaling back to going back to two hours? I mean, seriously. I mean, I know they're trying to compete with all the things going on on Monday night. I get that, okay? I understand that. But in all honesty, I mean, do you think it's really hurting the brand? I mean, in my opinion, I think it is. I mean, you take a look at the last few weeks, however, that has been going on, however. I mean, obviously, of course, the big story, of course, is... What happened uh, a few weeks ago following WrestleMania, however, mind you, ladies and gentlemen, however, what happened with the Superstar Shake-Up? I mean, you look at the Superstar Shake-Up, however, and uh, you thought it was going to be a big thing, however, by having some big names coming on to Raw, however. Dean Ambrose, The Miz, Heath Slater, Rhino, all those guys, you know, and has it worked out for them? Well... So some of them it has worked out a little bit, I will say that, but some of them it had really hasn't, you know. I mean, they're stuck in the same box that they were in, no pun intended, however, that they were on SmackDown. And you look at SmackDown, I mean, look what SmackDown got. They got Charlotte Flair, 
They got Kevin Owens. They got Sami Zayn, however. And I got to ask you, is it worked out for SmackDown on Tuesday nights too, as far as some of the names from Raw? Well, I think for a couple people it has worked out for them, however. I mean, considering the fact that they, for the longest time, are on Raw doing their thing, however, and doing pretty good at it. And those two people I'm talking about, obviously, are Charlotte Flair and Kevin Owens, especially after what Kevin Owens did last night to Chris Jericho in Fresno, California, to put Jericho on the shelf for a good while, however, as he will be taking some time off and uh, doing his own thing while uh, Owens is celebrating regaining the U.S. title after losing on Sunday night to Jericho at the Payback pay-per-view. But no, seriously, I mean, do we really need to have any more of these shakeups? And joining us live on the line, I see she's on the line right now, ladies and gentlemen. Let us welcome her in, however. She is everyone's favorite Black Widow. She is the spider of our uh, radio network, and she likes to strike when she can, ladies and gentlemen. Let's bring her in now. One half of the six-person women's tag team championship. She is the true first-class lady of wrestling, ladies and gentlemen, along with her good friends, Ronda Rush Wright, and of course, Anne-Marie Rickenbach. Let's bring her in. She is known by three simple initials, MLD, Michelle Lynn Dodds. Michelle, how are you? I'm all right. All right. I am good as well. I'm glad you can make it tonight. Gerard should be here momentarily, however, as I have just uh, got in touch with him, so he will hopefully be joining us on the line in a few minutes as well. Uh, we were just talking about the superstar shakeup, if you will, and of course the reigns for Raw this week once again plummeted in more ways than one to a 199. Uh, let's get your thoughts about this. And I was also discussing about the so-called shakeup that has been going on the last few weeks. Maybe you could uh, shed some light for us on those uh, two subjects, please. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of surprised that the ratings dropped on Raw because, like I said, I thought it was a you know, one of the it was a good show ever since the shakeup has happened, basically. Um, so I'm a little surprised, but then again, I'm really not. You know, um, a lot of people like to use reference to you know other shows that are on. That's the reason why. Blah blah. No, no, it's not. It, it really it, it all depends upon um, uh, what, what area you're in. Line up for the show, you know, your interest in it, whatever. It's not about the other shows, I, I don't feel, but um, I mean, I'm not, I'm surprised, but I'm not. I mean, because like it seems like wrestling's really struggling for, for ratings. Yes, I would agree, no question about it. Uh, one thing I did discuss just as you were coming on the line too a few minutes ago, obviously, however, we started a couple of minutes, like two or three minutes early, which was nothing major and exciting since I, I was just uh, waiting on you guys, but at the same time, just uh, just putzing around here. I did talk about the shakeup, however. Uh, do you think the shakeup has gone very well in your eyes? Because to me right now, it seems like the shakeup is really just barely making a dent on both shows at this point. Uh, I mean, the scratch when it straws, yeah, especially SmackDown's hurting bad. Yes. Raw is stacked to the gills, but uh, there again, you know, I mean, they're struggling to make matches happen, obviously, but, you know, this week they did really good. I thought Angle did a good job, but uh, SmackDown's really hurting, like, you know, they brought Ty Dillinger up. Ty Dillinger's facing all these shit jobbers, basically. Yes. And I don't understand that because he's better talent than that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that some that went to Raw shouldn't have went to Raw. Mm-hmm. Um, some that came to SmackDown. Uh, like Charlotte Flair, I understand. Kevin Owens, I understand. They need a change. They've yes. been facing the same people over and over and over. It, it gets old, I'm, for, mm-hmm. I'm sure, for them. Um, yes. Yeah, I, I really do think that the shakeup uh, really has hurt. I think that's part of the hurt of the ratings is that 
you know, their favorites have gone. I mean, you know, Shinsuke Nakamura, primary example, yeah. NXT superstar that was brought up. I, I've seen him, what, twice, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Since he's come up and he hasn't wrestled anybody and they're talking about him and, and nothing. Yeah. So I don't really understand why they're doing that or where they're going with it. Yeah. And, of course, they had him in a dark match again last night, uh, I believe towards the end of the show, right before 205 Live or right before SmackDown went on the air again. And, like you said, they're just burying him. Uh, one thing we have talked about, uh, obviously, however, another show that really is barely keeping their heads above the water, even though they are trying to get better and have really struggled on Tuesday nights, obviously, is 205 Live. What's your take on that whole scenario? You know, I mean, I'm going to say, like I said uh, on your show yesterday, um, my my feeling is is that they have enough cruiserweights, and the cruiserweight division is phenomenal in so many ways, uh, so much underrated talent. Uh, I think that they should half it, half Raw, half SmackDown, do a draft. Uh-huh. You know, pick your pick your cruiserweights. Um, but some of them, you know, like well, apparently Alicia Fox is back with Noam Darm as of last night, yeah. so she's gonna have to go with him. Yeah, uh-huh. wherever he goes. So she, he, he, or he has to come to SmackDown. One or the other. Right, right, right. right. Or Raw. Yes. Is she on Raw? Yeah, she's on Raw. I think she's on Raw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she, you know, you, I just think, I just think that that's a division uh, that everybody was so super excited about, and you know, Stephanie McMahon then made such a big deal about it and all this stuff. Sure, yeah, but guess what? You can't take the whole damn division. If you split it up, you're giving them proper airtime that they need. I mean, I feel like SmackDown could use some cruiserweight champion, mm-hmm. uh, cruiserweight uh, matches. I really do. Sure. Well, one of the guys I'm talking about cruiserweights, obviously one guy who I think should belong in that division was the guy who lost in the opening match last night, our boy, everyone's favorite boy, Sami Zayn. And talking about a guy who has been really more and more getting crapped all over, it's Sami Zayn. Yeah, um, I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, let's um, talk, go ahead. Sami Zayn is is incredible talent. I, I don't doubt him on that. Yes. I, and I, I think that he would benefit in the cruiserweights because he's such a high flower. He does such phenomenal shit. Um, you know, I think they're grasping the straws with him. Uh-huh. And it's like, you know, Owens is now on there, and it's like, oh, let's feud them. Oh, wait, we've seen that before, you know, uh-huh. that kind of thing. Sure, so it's sure. like, you know, what the hell do you do with him? Like like most of them, what the hell do you do with them? Uh-huh. Certainly, certainly. Well, talking about cruiserweights have been crapped all over. This guy, of course, was a former cruiserweight in his own right, of course, was a guy who, well, we heard today, however, he gave his side of the story. Obviously, it was X-Pac, but uh, we'll save that subject. I do understand you have some things to air, so I'm going to let you uh, take the floor and uh, give us uh, some of your, uh, give us uh, maybe a comment or two and maybe uh, share with us. Uh, maybe I'll uh, give you my thoughts as well. However, uh, maybe you could uh, tell us what you would be willing to discuss, and uh, the floor is yours now. You know, X-Pac, I mean, it, that whole story really does break my heart. I feel for him. I, yes. I think um, he's he's obviously gone down a wrong path, which you know it happens to a lot of superstars. Like yes. Luger, for right. example. Um, it, it's very sad and unfortunate, though, because he was such a incredible performer. Talk about someone that'd be great for the cruiserweight if he was still, you know, uh-huh. around, you know, and, and and clean, and he could you know get back into it. He'd be great for it. 
yes. I think, even as a mentor, not necessarily wrestling, but as a mentor yes, to, to the cruiserweights. I, I think that he would benefit them in a lot of ways. Um, you know, it's like, it's always hard, J.D., because like always, you know, the stories about the wrestlers are always very touchy for us uh-huh. on this panel, basically because of our love for the business and, and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I mean, my heart goes out to X-Pac. I, I hope he can get himself straight. I really do. I would agree with you there, too. Uh, another thing uh, for you folks, and I did mention this to Chad earlier tonight on uh, wrestling outside the roast, but I will talk about it now. Uh, one of the things that is going on is this is kind of heartbreaking for your old-school fans anyway. Apparently, Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling, they always do a fan fest every year in Charlotte. Howard. Well, this year, surprisingly, they announced earlier today, according to reports, Greg Priceauer says that the event, which usually takes place in August, will be canceled this year believe it or not. No oh. reason was given. Yeah, this has been going on since 2014. So for the first time since 2014, folks, there will be no Fan Fest this year. And that and that stinks because, I mean, you talk about great legends who have uh, contributed to the business over the years and signed autographs for the old school fans, whether it be a Magnum TA, a Dusty Rhodes, an Ivan Koloff, even a Bob Connell and a Gordon Soley back in the day. I mean, those kind of guys, how you grew up watching there. But now you remember the old guys like Paul Jones, Ricky Steamboat, all those guys. This year they're not doing it, and it breaks my heart because, I mean, talking about Charlotte, I mean, if down south in Charlotte, how I mean, if New York has always been, New York's always been New York. We've always said that. They are like the northern part of uh, the wrestling capital of the world. If there's a southern capital of the world, it's definitely the Carolinas because we've seen over the years so many great matches come out of the Carolinas, whether it be in cities like Charlotte, Greensboro, Asheville, Raleigh. Uh, Wilmington, uh, Columbia, Spartanburg, I mean, all those cities. And now they're not going to be able to see it this year. And it breaks your heart. It really does. Yeah. It, I mean, you know, that's like them, you know, closing down WWE, uh, you know, their little fan things they do where they sign autographs and all that. So it's the same, it's the same level. Mm-hmm. Certainly, certainly. Well, I know, uh, speaking of uh, WCW, I just read this also, too. Apparently, Eric Bischoff, I guess, uh, was recently, however, uh, said something, however, meanwhile, I discussed Vince Proclamations how, talked about uh, that Hulk Hogan is wrestling's Babe Ruth, not John Cena, believe it or not. And he had some comments to say about this. This was in reference to a comment. Vince made a comment in a tweet about Cena's 14th, 40th birthday on April 23rd. And then Bischoff talked about the co- about the comment in Sports Illustrated's 120 Sports segment. This is what he said. I don't want to sound like I'm avoiding the issue, but it so much depends on your perspective. In my perspective, if you look at Babe Ruth, he may not have been the best hitter. He may not have been the best athlete to ever play the game baseball, but he was there in a moment when baseball transformed the culture. That's why we remember him. Of course he was a great hitter. He achieved many great things, and he was Babe Ruth. I think a lot of it had to do with baseball when that kind of emerged that made him such an important part of our culture. To me, Hulk Hogan was that guy. It's not that there wasn't great athletes and superstars before him, because there were. Andre the Giant being one of them passed the torch so that Hulk could go on to become Hulk Hogan. Hulk, in my opinion, is like Babe Ruth, because he was right there at the right place at the right time. What are your thoughts about those comments by Bischoff? I I mean, I agree with him. Honestly, I really do. I mean, you know, uh, most of them today wouldn't be nothing without Hulk Hogan. I, I really firmly believe that, you know, so many of them grew up watching him and idolized him and whatnot and on and on. I mean, you know, without so many of them, there would be, you know, no Roman Reigns, no Dean Ambrose, no Seth Rollins, no Baron Corbin, you know, on and on. Uh-huh. Um, so, I mean, he's got a very, very good valid point. He really yes. does. 
Oh, he does. I would agree. I would definitely agree. I mean, I mean, this is a guy who, of course, I mean, got his break first off down south. How I mean, he first went to be a musician. I mean, we all know the story by now. However, he went to be a musician. Then, of course, he fell into a. Training with the Matsuda, Hiro Matsuda, and then, of course, Gerald and Jack Briscoe, of course. And then, of course, he worked his way up in the territories, working a little bit in GCW, Georgia Championship Wrestling, for a few, a little sort of time. However, if you go back and watch some of those videos, he also did some work in Memphis. But then, of course, he got his big break, obviously, in 79 when Vince's father gave him that opportunity. And I want to talk about Vince here in a second as well. Uh, then, of course, he went to the AWA in Minnesota, worked with Vern Gagne's company for a couple of years. And then, uh, Vern and uh, Vince, of course, had, I guess, a little bit of a well, a little petty argument, if you will, and then Hogan just said, I mean, after what Vern Gagne had done to him, how are, the heck with you, I'm going to see what I'm going to do, I was looking at my options, how, and he tells the story, I didn't know if I was going to stay in wrestling much longer, I wanted to give it one more chance, and uh, sure enough, Vince uh, Jr., a.k.a. Vinny Mac himself, uh, Vince's son, Howard, gave him a call after he bought all the territories out, started buying people up, Howard, and said, hey, I'll come with you to New York again, just give me a chance, just make sure your dad doesn't... Uh, become upset with me after what happened with a little argument last time, and Vince gave him his word, and this is, was at a time when Vince's dad was very, very sick, and uh, it's a shame, because if Vince's father had lived, Howard, I don't know what his reaction would have been if Hulk Hogan beat the Iron Sheik, because, I mean, the story goes that Sheik was offered all this amount of money uh, to uh, basically uh, screw Hulk Hogan or find a way to take the money, however, and just basically bust up Hulk Hogan to the point where he could not compete, Howard. And Sheik always said the story and told the story, Howard. No, I would never do that. I'm not that kind of person. That showed real class on the Sheik's part at the time, because if he would have done it, Howard, who knows what would have happened. But talking about Vince, however, I know they're coming out with a movie of his at some point, whether it's on TV, whether it's in the movie theater. What's your take of this whole ordeal with Vince uh, coming out with his uh, own story? Well, I mean, I, I think he's, you know... He should have his own story. I mean, he's, you know, been a big, huge part of WWE, you know, way back, you know, many, many, many years. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, some people, you know, need to watch it. I'm sure there's some things that on there that you don't know about him that they're going to say and tell you. I mean, you know, that's just how it is with these stories. That's why that's what makes them so great is that I don't care how well you know a wrestler, the owner of it, whatever – you always watch those shows, and you always find out, like, maybe four or five different things that you don't know about them. Mm-hmm. Well, there's some things I'm sure they'll discuss. I'm sure they'll talk about his uh, childhood and that, and they'll talk about how he got into the business through his father and his grandfather, obviously, and how he first got into the business. Uh, some of the things I'm sure they'll also bring up in the story, I'm sure they'll talk about how he got involved with WrestleMania, how he got involved uh, by bringing Hulk Hogan aboard. However, I'm sure they'll touch quite a bit about the whole uh, – Ted Turner battles with WCW, which will be touchy. Well, won't be touchy, I should say. The one thing that I think will be touchy, though, obviously, will be the Montreal incident itself. And also, I'm sure, the uh, trial of 92. You know, I mean, that, those two things, I think, are probably going to be the biggest point of the movie that people will be interested in. Because you look at 92, back in 92, had uh, Vince uh, not been found guilty, he would be sitting in a jail cell right now. I mean, he was in very serious trouble with the government at the time. And, uh... Wrestling was uh, really a dying art at this point because you look at what WCW did. I mean, Crockett sold his uh, then to Ted Turner. Ted Turner bought into the company. However, he thought he could uh, run the company. And as we've all heard the stories, however, I mean, Ric Flair's told the story. A lot of other people shared the stories. When Ted Turner ran the business, however, there were times, however, that uh, Ted didn't know what to do. He didn't know how to run a company. I mean, sure, he knew when on CNN and maybe a few other things. But when it came to professional wrestling, however, he didn't know what the hell to do. He just relied on uh, some of the old school wrestlers that 
here, you go make me some money. And then he gives Eric Bischoff his checkbook. And that's when Eric Bischoff ended up buying up Hogan, Savage, all those guys from WWE. You know? Right, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. Of course, the other movie that's coming out, obviously, and that's still being talked about, obviously, is the whole Page movie. And and that that is another movie that kind of interests me a little bit. I don't know what they're going to talk about in that movie. Because there's been, there's been some... Uh, some questionable stuff that they might air in that movie too, but at the same time, I don't think there's a lot of questionable stuff though. But still, yeah, I mean, that that brings up something too. Is you know why is it that they keep letting Alberto Del Rio get away with these videos? Because if it was up to me, uh, you know, being that he has a job in you know TNA, Global Force, both, mm-hmm. whatever, um, sure. he'd be fired. Yeah. Oh, I agree. And then I said a few weeks ago, however, if you remember when I came on the line, I said, I mean, there's been talk, however, that right now the, the, the WWE has already told Paige there is nothing, and when you come back from your injury, which is probably in the next month or two, possibly, we have nothing for you to do. Well, then, well, then if you're not going to do anything with her, just give her her release right now. Don't let her stay yeah. there, and just don't keep playing the waiting game and the waiting game. You think you're going to come back and face the Becky Lynch's, the Charlotte's, the Bailey's, the Sasha's of the world and even the Carmel's little, just get out. If you're going to be this way with your fiancé, husband, whatever, get that blank out, you know? It's just, you've embarrassed yourself uh-huh. to the point to no end. You know? Yeah, I mean, you know, you put yourself with a real doozy that's making you, like, dragging your name to the mud, not only his, but yours, too. And it's like, you keep continue to put up with it. I don't, I don't get that. I guess that, you know, she's just so naive to him. Yeah. And like everything he does in her book is golden, and it's like I think she's she's always been seemingly one that's desperate for attention too. So oh yeah, like she goes she goes where the attention is, and obviously he gave it to her. That's what started this. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Now, you know, I mean, both of their names are being drunk to the mud, like no tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And like I said, I just I just think right now, I mean. I mean, she's still continued to be on borrowed time, obviously. That's the story, however. But like I said, this has gone on now. I mean, these videos have been airing now for, what, the past month or so? And like I said, yeah. WWE hasn't taken any action on her, which I am, I'm just completely dumbfounded because Stephanie and Triple H, have to, and Stephanie and Hunter, I should say, along with Triple H, but more Stephanie and Hunter, I think, have to just be shaking their heads and just like, come on, enough is enough, like we said, Howard. But, well, I mean, I'm just, I'm just pissed that they haven't taken any action against her. They should. I mean, they, you know, you, it makes me wonder, I mean, like, are they embarrassed to even think that she was a part of that association because of her actions? And, you know, not only her, but Del Rio, too. They mm-hmm. should be embarrassed. Yeah. And then Triple H, of course, is being uh, threatened by Del Rio. Oh, you don't have the cojones to face me. Uh, you have a big nose and no balls, blah, blah, blah. You know, first off, when Del Rio came back, what was it, two years ago or last year when he came back with Zeb? Years ago. Okay, a couple of years ago. When he came back the first, the second time out, however, there was a lot of people wondering what kind of push he was going to get. And I even told my friends at the time, and I think I even said it to you guys at the time, on the air as well as off the air. I mean, this is a guy who is not going to be lasting less than six months. He came back in, however, he thought after the whole incident that happened the first time, which was an embarrassing incident itself, and of course Michael Hayes had to apologize for that, and rightly so. But... Like I said, when he came back, Howard, he thought he was going to be the golden boy again. He thought he was going to have everything hand to him on a silver platter, no pun intended. And yeah, that first night he came in, he beat John Cena. Everyone was shocked to see it. I think we were all shocked to see it. But then what happened after that? Him and Zeb Coulter did this uh, Mex-America thing, Howard, that really never got, never got off the ground. And Zeb actually just <laughs> said, to hell with it. I'm not interested in it no more. I have no 
uh, cost of even staying involved with this thing. So it's going to be, you have to make a choice with my now. I'm going to tell you, you guys have to make a choice with me, or I'm going to walk out the door. And he chose the ladder, walked out the door, and he was smart. He was very smart. Because I don't think if he would have stayed, they would have done anything with him. I don't think it was on, it was yeah. anything done with him at all. So they yeah. continued that with Del Rio. And from there, they just they started burying him. They began to bury his push. They just started making him slide way down the ladder again. And he thought, oh, when I start dating Paige, however, maybe it'll uh, maybe save my career. Maybe it'll uh, resurrect my career. Well, guess what? It hasn't. It really hasn't. <laughs> no. Um, one thing, too, I want to mention is kudos sure. to Shane McMahon last night uh, in the beginning of the show with Jinder Mahal. Yeah, that that was uh, pretty golden. Mm, I heard about that, yeah. I didn't get to see it yet, but I did hear about that, believe it or not. And uh, I know Shane, of course, uh, is definitely going to be keeping an eye on Baron Corbin now, especially after uh, what Corbin did last week. Of course, Corbin's suspension ended today after his week-long uh, little uh, meltdown, if you will, however, with the referee. But... Uh, I mean, I can understand being suspended for a week. That's fine. Okay, I understand that. That was fine. But like I said, I think he also should have uh, sort of maybe gotten a little bit of uh, money taken out of his paycheck on top of that, personally. I mean, you don't leave yeah, your hands on Yeah, but it's so funny because I think back to, like, all the other superstars that have put their hands on uh, referees, like any any organization. Uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. WWE, WWF, TNA, all that. And... They really haven't paid the piper for it, you know, and now it's like they're they're breaking ass on it. And I get it. I understand it because, you know, they can really injure them dudes. You know, oh. they can really injure these refs, and then and then what? Yeah. Speaking of injured, Howard, let's talk about a little bit about the main event last night. I know you're going to have a lot to say about this involving Owens and Jericho. We saw KO get the title back, but at the same time we saw Jericho's lip apparently be busted open. What was your take of that whole ordeal? Um, I think Owens went a little too far. Yeah, oh, I don't really get two rats' asses if it was storyline or not. That he took it a little bit too far, and they knew that. But then again, I I think of, you know, Jericho's getting ready to go on tour with his band, blah blah. blah. Um, so they're probably going to write him off as injury, which mm-hmm. you know is storyline too, which is fine. But you know, taking that chair to his throat, that was yeah, that was a little bit too extreme for me. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit too uncalled for. Um. You know, I mean, I, I like the beginning of the show where Shane, you know, introduced Chris as the new member of SmackDown. That was good. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, Evan uh, Owens, Jesus, I can't talk. Owens is a great is a great performer. I, yes, I don't he is. take anything away from him. Neither do I. And, uh. But I would agree. Yeah, he did take it. But you're right. He did. But you're right. He, <laughs> That's right. You're right, though. He did take it a little too far. I would agree. Last night, he did kind of step over the bounds a little bit with that chair shot. I mean, I will agree. One thing I didn't like, and this is my opinion, and I know you'll probably think the same way as me, and I'm sure if you don't, that's understandable. Again, opinions are opinions. Uh, The whole thing involving uh, Natty, Carmella, James Ellsworth, and... um, who am I thinking of now? There's a fourth person. Or at least not a th- fourth person. I don't think Tamina. Tamina, thank you, Tamina. They're portraying themselves now as this new sort of like bad girl slash nerd-esque NWO, uh, uh, let's just say, uh, faction. I mean, what do you take of this uh, whole new faction with these four? Um, well, first of all, I don't like... Natalia as a heel. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's terrible at it. 
and I think that she puts a bad name on the heart, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, Carmella, I can't stand. I no, man, I can't either. She's terrible. Time. Oh, um, I, I can't stand Ellsworth. I hate him. Well, he's just a waste of space, honestly. That's true. <laughs> um, Tamina, Tamina's good talent. I mean, you know, she's a snooker, so, yeah, she's got that talent. So. And, like, her associating herself with this, I mean, it just, you know, it's not exactly a great comeback for her to be associated with them stupid bitches doing this shit. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's stupid. Um, you know, they all have this, you know, quote-unquote vendetta against Charles Flair because she came in and got a title shot, whatever. Just like Shay McMahon said, she asked for it. Mm-hmm. None of them have. Yep. So, you know, as, as the 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 owner and you know of SmackDown or whatever, he feels it's his right to make his roster happy. There's nothing wrong with that. No, um, I firmly believe that Stephanie and them will do the same thing. They may not always do it the the great way or the right way, but they do. Uh-huh. They give it to them. Um, I mean, they're called the welcoming committee. I don't understand that shit either. I don't even yeah, know if that's, that's, the, that's pretty bad. I agree. Yep. Um. But, yeah, Tamina, yeah, she's really good talent. And, you know, I know she's been working hard and stuff, you know, for her comeback and recovery and uh, training and whatnot. And, you know, then she comes back and she associates herself with them. And it's just like, no. Um, in my eyes, Carmella, you know, she she's she's not even worthy of a title shot. And, and Natalia? Yes. Uh, yes, yes, she could if she was spaced. But uh-huh. if she's heel, I don't like it. I don't, and I, and you know me, I love heels, but I don't like her as one. She's yeah, I, she, she's she's kind of got a mixed bag. I mean, she she's been heel a few times throughout her career, no doubt about. It. I mean, I think the best time she was really heel, and maybe you'll agree with me, maybe you'll disagree with me, is when she was with a member of the Hart Dynasty. That was her only good. Yeah, uh, she's big, great then. She was she's, fantastic. She's great then, and she was great with um, Cesaro and Kid. Right, and ever since then, with this new with this new faction, like you said, it's just I don't. It's just it's not appealing to me, like you said, and it doesn't excite me either. Uh, one thing we will talk about, ladies and gentlemen. Speaking of heels, however, you can join Gerard, myself, Michelle, and the rest of the gang, including the Wolf Queen and Heavy Metal, tomorrow night on Top Heel Link One Four Five Six Two. And tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, we promise to give you a great Top Heel show because we will continue off where we left off Saturday night. However, involving our very fun draft, if you will. Of course, Wolf Pack Radio will be resuming at 9 o'clock with the gang. Of course, John Gross will have your birthdays and dates. Michelle will be on, of course, as well. Gerard and I will have your news and headlines for you, of course. And then on Friday, Cinco de Mayo, folks, however, it'll be a very interesting day, however, let's just say I will be taking the night off due to a circumstances uh family related my sister's birthday of course is this coming Friday so again I want to wish her a happy early birthday of course she'll be turning 38 this week and speaking of birthdays Michelle we got a great birthday party lined up for Saturday night don't we yes 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 we do it'll be the two-year uh run of our very exclusive show ladies and gentlemen and we are expecting a big-time celebration I know Gerard is planning on bringing the keg of beer along with yours truly however we will definitely hopefully have some of our old friends come in Hopefully stopping by. We're trying to pass the word out. So be sure to check us out, ladies and gentlemen, this coming week, ladies and gentlemen, at 9 o'clock, a very special edition of Attitude Radio this week, 138982. And then at 4 o'clock, however, early in the day, join Chad and myself, of course, with the Power Hour, 141364. And then, of course, this Monday, ladies and gentlemen, this coming Monday, right after uh, the week before Mother's Day, however, 
Join us for United Hour once again for Raw Radio, one three eight ten four four pound. Of course, Raw will be in London this coming Monday, but that's not the story on Monday. The story on Monday will be the big upcoming challenge between yours truly, the Iceman, and the Black Widow herself, Howard, to see who knows the best about the miracle, Mike Bennett. Will there be a miracle in the works, or will it be a blow like last time? You be the judge, and we'll see and let you know. Uh, also, ladies and gentlemen, for you hockey nuts out there, however, real quick, however, and I know Michelle's going to say something, so I just want to tell you real quick, however, to give you an update on the Penguins game. After what happened the other night with that brutal, brutal hit by Sidney Crosby, I know you guys are wondering how the Pens are doing tonight, however. They are up one nothing now after one period, however, against Washington. So that is good news. Hopefully they can uh, hang on tonight and play a good game here. They're off to a good start tonight so far here tonight in Pittsburgh. Uh, Michelle, you were about to say something. Go right ahead. Um, just, uh, you know, as of midnight last night, Adam Cole is a free agent. He's no longer with Ring of Honor, so I'm just curious to see where he's going to go. That's what I was just going to bring up next. Yes, Adam Cole, you bring up a good point. Gerard brought it up last night. You brought it up last night. I brought it up last night. We've talked a lot about this guy. Uh, there's been talk NXT, Ring of Honor, uh, possibly even uh, WWE at this point. I also... I'm wondering, however, uh, speaking of Ben and Maria, are we going to see him maybe this week in Europe, or are we going to see him when they get back from the States? I mean, what's your take? I, I don't know, but they better hurry up and show up, because I'm getting a little uh, disgusted. I hear uh, that they're them like that and not putting them on the air. Yes, oh, I would agree. I would, I would definitely agree. No question about it, however. And we will definitely be watching that very carefully, however, no question about it. Uh, like I said, there has been uh, some other news going on, of course, TNA this past week. Uh, the one thing I will talk about TNA, of course, is what I discussed, obviously, last night, however, uh, is the whole Jeff Jarrett, Bob Ryder, uh, Karen Jarrett thing. Uh, what's your take on that whole ordeal, Michelle? Uh, I think it was uh, very unclassy-like of him. Uh, you know, I expect better out of Jeff Jarrett, honestly. Uh, you know, touchy, touchy subject, I mean, you know, but, <clears throat> I mean, I give him credit where credit is due on the fact of he's trying to build TNA up, you know, the merge of him, of TNA and Global Force. You know, great move. I'm hoping that it's going to be really successful and that TNA ratings will come up and everything, but, you know, that shit that they pulled and stuff was just Bullshit, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was just. It was. I would agree. I mean, a lot of people thought he would quit right after that. However, he would have uh, been really uh, packing his bags and just leaving his office the next day. Instead, however, he left the arena. He was back in the office working in Nashville. And I guess Jeff Jarrett uh, earlier this week. However, I guess I heard it was maybe Monday. It was maybe just as early as yesterday. Apologized for what he did wrong, and if he did, yeah, for him. However, and if he didn't. That's ridiculous because I just think there are times that Jeff Jarrett and his ego gets the best of him. I mean, case in point, I've talked about this before. How are, uh, you can go he back. He did do a formal apology, though. Okay, he did. Okay, good. Well, that's good to see then. Good. Well, then that's good to hear then because if he would have done that, I would have been more steamed up than ever because, I mean, Jeff Jarrett to me, I mean, there are times, I mean, don't get me wrong, Jeff Jarrett, and I mean, to my my opinion, you and Gerard have, uh, you guys like Jeff Jarrett, and I respect him too, don't get me wrong. But there were times, however, I could not stand the man. Case in point, I've talked about this guy, and I've talked about it before, and I'll go back to it again. I know it's been so long ago. But back in late 99, early 2000, when he came back to WCW the second time, when he came in with Russo and Ferrar, I mean, it just seemed like 
when he came back to WCW in the late 90s, early 2000, he was like the Triple H of the company. I mean, he was getting always pushed to the main event as the top heel, which is fine. And I'm not saying that's wrong. That's fine. But there were times he kept saying all these things like, oh, you guys are a bunch of slap nuts. You guys are this and that. How I'm the chosen one. I'm the great one in the company. I'm sorry. There were a couple other guys in that company that were a little bit ahead of you on that total pool, Jeff. I mean, first off, you never had the guts. And this is a shame on WCW's part, and I'm going to blame Vince Bruce on this one. He never once had the guts to book Jared in a match against Goldberg. Because if he would have faced Goldberg, I'm sure Goldberg would have taken that guitar and shoved it where the sun didn't shine, and he would have done the same thing to Braun and Don Harris. I know there are times he fought him off, but if he would have fought, like I said, Jeff Jarrett one-on-one without the Harris Bros, without the rest of the NWO 2000 team in a straight-up one-on-one match, I'm sure that match wouldn't last less than five minutes. That match would go less than five minutes tops in my opinion, how I'm, you know, mm-hmm. but like I said, that's just me, and again, there are some things about Russo, I also, I mean, there's some things I, I commend him for, and there's some things I don't commend him for, another thing I will not commend him for, obviously, and I've, and this is a moment that is a, another touchy subject with me, was the whole David Arquette thing, back in 2000, when David Arquette won the WCW World Title at the same time, the, uh, Movie, the Ready, Ready to Rumble, however, came, movie came out a few weeks before this, however, and then shortly after that, of course, we all know Bond, within a few weeks, but he brought David Arquette in one night, and David Arquette won the WCW title. What happens? Two weeks later, they're having a steel cage match, a triple cage match, reminiscent of Ready to Rumble, however, Jeff Jarrett, thanks to Arquette, however, basically regains the belt, but that wasn't the story. The story was when uh, Chris Kane was shoved off the cage, however, and down to the floor, however, and it just, it was so stupid, but yet also so dumb that Russo would try to do something like that in the same arena where a year before that Owen Hart had worked in had tragically fallen to his untimely death hour, and they would pull something like that out of uh, their hat. It just, it was dumb. And also, another thing that Russo did that was dumb was trying to make Ed Farrar mock JR by portraying him as Oklahoma. That was by far the dumbest of them all. So there were a lot of things back then, around the late 90s, 2000, middle of 2000, that WCW did that just really had you just ripping your hair out at times, shall we say. Yeah, yeah. no shit. So, and I mean, <clears throat> another thing is about Jeff Jarrett that I like is his love for the business. It's always been that way. Yes, that's what... He dedicated to making it. Yeah, and, and like you said, and I will agree with you, that 100% I will agree with you, because him and his father, Jerry, over the years have owned the Memphis territory, and that is big. When you're in Memphis, Howard, that is one of the few names you hear all the time, as the Jarrett family, or Jerry the King Lawyer. That's commendable. Yes, I would agree 100% with you, Howard. So you will have to check it out. Uh, uh, sorry, I'm talking to my buddy here. But, yeah, you're right. And, uh, of course, we know, of course, over the years, different people have different territories. Of course, obviously, Florida's been the Graham Territory. Texas has always been Von Air Country. Canada's been Stampede and the uh, Hart Family Dungeon. And, of course, we all about the Northeast with the McMahon Family Legacy. So there you go. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, what else? Let me think. Um... Last night, too, um, I didn't know if you had a chance to go back yet to listen to Revisited, Howard, but if you get a chance, you might want to check that out, folks. And I told Gerard about it, I told Chad about it, and if you get a chance, you'll have to check it out. I talked about uh, one particular moment that's still probably one of the best moments of all time. We all know what it is. It happened on May 27, 1996, the night Scott Hall 
uh, made his debut on Nitro, and of course that was the beginning. In my in my eyes, that was the beginning of the Monday Night War. Everyone keeps saying, "Oh, the very first Monday Night War began was when Lex Luger showed up in '95." Yeah, it was part of that. Okay, it wasn't all that, but I think the real war began in the spring of '96 when Hall and Nash jumped yeah. shipped back to WCW. That's when it really took off into the stratosphere as we know it and shot it upward like a volcano rising to the top of the mountain, if you will. Yeah. I agree. Um, yeah, if you get a chance, folks, please check that out, because I played a lot of clips from that last night, actually. Believe it or not, I dug up some old ones out from YouTube, Hella. Uh, let's see, what else? What else? <laughs> Are they going to feud Shinsuke Nakamura and Dolph? Apparently, I think they are. The word is, I think they've, they haven't exactly come out and said it yet, but I imagine either this week coming up in Europe or next week when they get back home from the European tour, they'll make that match official. I'm I'm so pumped. I'm ready to see him in the ring again. I mean, my friend my friend Aaron even got his shirt in Florida. They were selling his shirt down there in Florida at the SmackDown show when he went there almost a month ago, and he already got one. And I'm gonna buy one. I'm gonna because I'm telling you, when they come back to Pittsburgh, however, in July, if they have both him and Valor, I'm buying them both. I don't care. I don't care. And that's yeah, another thing too. And, and that's another thing I want to talk about is obviously Finn Balor. Obviously, Finn Balor has been doing pretty well since he came back. Uh, right now, I think uh, it's still <clears> too early to give him a belt. But at some point, you're going to have to give him a belt. At this point, I would hate. I mean, that, that's one thing I was kind of a little miffed off about the other night. I mean, I know you and Gerard love the Miz, and I was again, I respect your opinions, and that's understandable. If there was a guy who I wanted to see maybe challenge Ambrose for that belt, it would have been Finn. I think Finn and Ambrose would have had a great chemistry, in the ring, and I think Finn yeah, would have won that belt. You know what? I think Finn Balor's more heavyweight champion material than I see. I agree. You know, because oh, I agree. he's yeah. a great superstar. Yeah, oh, he is. He's terrific. I, I, I mean, if I had the network and I don't have it, shame on me. Again, shame on me. But I know you and Gerard will tell us about it. Uh, that special that's coming out on the network probably in the next few weeks uh, with him going back to his own country and showing all the stuff. and that, that That's going to be pretty awesome to watch, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. That's going to be very cool to see him uh, talk about his memories. Because, I mean, he's been in the business now, I think, for about, what, 10 years, 11 years now, I think, something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, he has paid his dues over time. He really has. I mean, this is a guy who wrestled a match with a torn labrum, folks. A torn labrum. This is a guy who slayed Kevin Owens in, of all places, Japan. Well, you know, it's so funny because he had three-in-one injury just like Rollins. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and this is a guy who, like I said, who, I mean, like Owens, was very popular in Japan, however, and is very popular in Japan. And he went out there at the Beast of the East special in Tokyo, however, and the, a month later, however, after winning the title, however, if I'm Owens in Japan, however, did not have to give in to Owens' bullying demands and say, oh, I'm not going to accept your rematch because of the way your attitude is. No, he went out there and performed to the best of his ability, if not more, however, and he showed at NXT Brooklyn a few years ago, however, what it was made of. And that and, and that's commendable. Yeah. That is commendable. You, you know... <clears throat> It's funny you brought the European tour. Um, so many people were posting that link today on, in groups on Facebook, and uh, just there were so many people that were posting, oh, look, Roman and Braun are in the same place together. And I'm yeah, like, I saw a picture of that in the Coliseum. I saw a picture of that in the Coliseum. Like, do these people think they don't get along backstage or, or, or off camera? Because they do. Yeah, most I of mean, them do. I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure there are some that you know are like, okay, I respect you, but, you know, I don't care to talk to you off stage. But, yeah. you know, it's been a proven fact that Roman and Braun get along great. You yeah. know, they, they're they good friends, whatever. Yep. And it just amazes me how 
Mm, I'm going to say this nicely. Uh, how ignorant, I guess, yes. some fans can be to think that they're not friends when they're on the road 300-some days together. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, do you think they don't talk? Do you think they don't hang out? They got no choice because right. they, got, they don't have their family there. You know, that's their family. That's their second family away from home. Yeah, and like I said, you're, and again, I mean, and that's you're 100% right. And again, the, the thing that just, I mean, I, I'm just, I still get amazed at every time, and I keep on saying it, is how many miles, time and time again, they put on every year. Like you said, they're on the road 350 yeah. days a year. They're in, like, so many countries all the world. I mean, one night you could be, like said, Pittsburgh. The next day you could be in your hometown, Michelle, or the next day you could be halfway across the world fighting in a place like Tokyo or Hong Kong or Rome or London or Paris. It's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. And yeah. not only that, I mean, it, I, I mean, 25 years ago, I mean, you saw some of that happen. I mean, with the superstars maybe going once in a while over to Europe for like maybe a week, week and a half, and sometimes they would show it on TV as highlights and they wouldn't show actual shows. Now you could see some of the shows on TV, whereas it wasn't the case 20 years ago. Plus, you're expanding in newer horizons that have only heard about it, either through the internet, through magazines, through TV, and you're bringing more of that talent over also, however, from those countries, however, in those areas. And they want to break into that kind of business, however, and make a name for themselves, you know? And some of them have done well and been successful. Some of them have, and that's understandable. I mean, not all those businesses for them. I mean, today there was an article yesterday talking about that. If you get a chance to go back and look at it, I suggest you check it out, people. But, uh, no, I mean, it's just amazing what it has become compared to what it was in the 80s when you guys had uh, guys like Hulk Hogan and Savage and uh, Ricky Warrior. Stanford, Warrior, right? Warrior, Jake the Snake, all those guys, to guys now into the 21st century, middle of the 21st century, with guys like the Rollinses, the Bowers, the KOs, the Jerichos, the Dean Ambroses, the Mizzes of the world. It has changed globally as we know it. Mm-hmm. And it's been very, very successful. And at times it hasn't been, but most of the time it has been very successful, I have to say. Yeah, I mean, you know, <clears throat> and for me, like I said, I've been watching wrestling since I was five years old, and for me to see these people. You know, they want to bash them. They want to say this and the other just because they don't like them. And then they do a heel to face turn and all of a sudden, oh, I like them again, blah, blah, blah. That shit gets under my skin. It's like, you know, either you support them or you don't. You like them or you don't. Uh-huh. <clears throat> it's one way or the other. But at the end of the day, you still respect those men and women because 300-some days a year, I'm going to say it again, they're on the road away from their families putting on shows for all these fans and putting their asses in the seat. And yes. they need to take that into consideration before they start running their mouth about them. Oh, I would agree. I would definitely agree. I would definitely agree. Um, obviously, too, however, I mean, like I said, however, the, the other thing, I mean, I've said it, and I've said it so many times, and I'll keep, I'll say, I'll stress it again. I think the thing that really hurts them too. I mean, it does hurt them a little bit though too. Is obviously with the way the ratings are, and this is one thing I've said, and I've, I'll say it right now. Obviously, is uh, what's hurt them is they have no more competition on Monday nights. Whereas the Money Night Wars, it was competition. It was fun where you could channel start back and forth if you did that on Monday nights, which I used to do religiously. I mean, it drove a lot of people lots, I'm sure, and people lots me, my parents, but that's beside the point. I mean, it was, it was a good time to be a fan back then. Then, when Vince bought right. out like WCW and ECW, you're wondering, oh, okay, what's going to be the next big name federation? What's going to be the one that challenges us on Monday nights? And for a while, TNA tried to do that. They tried to do it for like, like a month or two. Right. And it kind of it, it it wasn't the same thing. It just was not the same thing. Right, I agree. 
So I agree. I mean, I I remember you know the first person I ever saw mm-hmm. when I started watching this was Hulk Hogan. Yeah, that was that was actually that was about the same person. Like I told you before, that was the same person with me because I mean I watched WWF All American every Saturday and Sunday. I grew up watching that about eleven, twelve o'clock in the afternoon or eleven in the morning. And there were times on Saturday night, however, on TBS. I mean, my mom's dad, God bless him. I mean, uh, he used to watch TBS. I used to watch that on Saturday nights too at six o'clock. That was the thing to watch. I mean, yeah, I remember it used to come on Sunday mornings too, man. Oh yeah, the WCW Pro, Pro, Pro Hour. Yep, and my, Sunday afternoon. Yeah. That was the thing to watch. Yeah, because you could always find out what's going on at the Great American Bash or what's going on at Starcade. I mean, we need that. And then you would have like uh, some of those matches. Uh, taped at different arenas, I'm like, whether it be the Omni or the Greensboro Coliseum or the Spectrum or something like that. And that's what you miss, however, I mean. But, uh, oh boy. I mean, and of course, I remember also watching, I'm sure you might remember this too, the old AWA Championship Wrestling Show that was on 4 o'clock every afternoon on ESPN. That was yeah, always, yeah, yeah. that was very big back in the day. I remember when I came home from after school every day, however, usually if I wasn't going out with my friends, if it was a real lousy day outside, or if it was a sunny day, I don't care. I said, guys, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll just come down after dinner. I mean, I'm just going to watch this, however, and I, I didn't tell them that, but I, I just sat back and watched uh, the old AWA, you know. And that's another thing I want to discuss, too, obviously. I mean, talking about all these territories and that, I mean, I understand WWE has all these things in their library, and that's understandable, all these uh, old-school territories and videos, and they've come out with all these DVDs and that. Why, why doesn't the WWE come out with more of this stuff, you know? I mean, it would be nice to see old stuff from, like, back in the day, like GCW, or uh, possibly maybe, uh, I mean, I know they've shown it on different uh, networks, however, I mean, besides the network they got it now, but they don't have any other DVDs that have come out, like the Best of Georgia Championship Wrestling Volume 1 from, like, 1977 or 1978, or the Best of uh, WCCW Volume 1, 1982 through 1984, and then 1981 through 1985 or something like that. You know, you can watch the old, uh, like I said, those type of shows. How You can watch them on the network and relive those moments. That's fine. But like I said, there's not many wrestling DVDs that uh, have that much stuff anymore. I mean, I understand they've got all they can, yeah, I, but you can put more I, stuff I out. Is, I think the thing is, is that they limit them on certain amount of stuff that they, they uh, you know, produce every year. Uh, you know, primarily they, they like to stick this stuff to here now, and I get that. But, you know, as far as like the older stuff and everything, it's 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 a copyright issue. You know, it's... it's um, What's it called? Um, Vince McMahon, you know, mm-hmm. he has to, you know, pull his weight and make sure it happens or see to it that it gets approved or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, like I said, I think I think it's a big part of copyright issue, uh, you know, because so many people, you know, burn CDs and yeah. and stuff like that and whatnot. And, <clears throat> you know, that's a, that's a lawsuit. Yeah. And it's a shame because I think they could do so much more with that. I mean, like, so you can look at all the stuff on YouTube. That's fine. And I have some of this stuff, uh, like I said, all these uh, old, uh, like I said, I can watch some of these old on my phone or here on YouTube. We can all watch that. But at the same time, it'd be nice to well, do something like that, you know. Well, another thing is is that, you know, they came up with the uh, WWE Network, which was a brilliant idea. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, you know, start start adding a lot to that. You know, people can see it. I mean, they're paying the nine ninety nine. you know, start adding a lot more to that. Um, you know, today I watched uh, Table for Three this week with uh, Angle and Edge, Edge and, and Chris. Uh, Chris. How was it? I, you were about to tell us last night about it. it. You know, it was. Well, I didn't watch it till today, but um, yeah, it was really good. Like I, it it brought back stuff that 
I remembered, but then again, I didn't. And I was like, holy shit, yeah, they did do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and how they were, you know, Team Eck. And it was just phenomenal. And, I mean, I love Kurt Angle. Like, mm-hmm. I've been the biggest, biggest fan of him. Oh, he, he, I've I, met, I told I, you, I've met him a few times. He is a real down-to-earth person. He's a real genuine, nice, nice guy. You get to, get to know him pretty well. He's yeah. a pretty good sweetheart of a guy. Uh, the thing I liked about that whole thing, you about uh, that whole thing, I liked when they were doing the kazoo thing of Team Angle. They were all yeah. kazooing it together. <laughs> it's like, that was great. That brought some memories back and put a smile on my face when I saw the clip online recently, and I said, oh, that's great. They're playing the kazoo again. You can't go wrong putting them on the kazoo again. And, and I mean, you know, that poor man lost his wife. He yes, has he did. five kids. Mm-hmm. Five kids. And now the general manager of Raw, yes. my heart goes out to him because no matter what, he's still got to provide for his family. Yes, so he does. it was really a good, good decision on Stephanie and him's part, making him GM. It yes. was more beneficial than, you know, Shawn Michaels, nothing against him, uh, you know, but he, Shawn, Michael, Shawn Michaels makes a great commentator. Oh, yes. I would agree. I would definitely agree. You know. Um, but yeah, it was a really, really good show. I really enjoy that show because you see a different side of them, and they're talking about different things from the past, you know, present, future, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but I just I laughed hysterically at those three last <laughs> watching that shit today. Oh, I, I mean, Edge and Christian, they are still so damn funny. Like, oh it's, yes, it's unreal. Yeah, and, and their you know, and, and their podcast, and, they've done real well with their podcast too. I mean, they've done very well with their podcast. Yeah. And, and seeing, you know, their their career over the years, it's like, holy shit, where did time go? You know, right. Uh, because now, you know, their Edge and Christian are retired, and it's like, you know, where did that good shit go, you know, when they were tag team partners? And, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, it, it makes me feel old kind of watching it when they do all that replay shit. Because <laughs> right. I'm like, man, bring that shit back. But I'm like, you can't. See, that's you can't what, relive that. that you right, can't that, redo it. That's what. No that's one of the good shows on the network. I mean, besides Drive Along, which is really good too. I mean, that's what I like about yeah. Table for Three. I mean, those are the two shows I would. I mean, I I seriously like. I mean, I wish if it wasn't on the network, they could show it more exclusively on TV. But I think because of the stuff they get away with sometimes, it's a little too out there. But you know, if they would show them yeah. uncut instead of being on the network, I'd watch them all the time. Because I mean, like you said, yeah. you have old legends and new legends. I mean, you look at some of the stuff they've had people have had on Table for Three in the past. I mean, you. Have had uh, one time you had uh, Becky Page and uh, Charlotte sit at the table. You had Nash. Uh, you had Cesaro. Uh, was it Cesaro, KO, and Ambrose? That was fun. That was a yeah. good discussion. You had Hall Nash and X Pac at the dinner table talking. You had Flair and a couple of his guests, Ricky Steamboat and DDP. I mean, that's fun. That's good stuff. And right along, I mean, that's just that's like the no holds off. That's sort of like the uh, what uh, the prank of the WWE because they always find a way to prank each other. They just always find a way to just jab at each other. With, uh, stuff yeah, like that. the one of um, Goldust, Booker T, and R Truth. That one was really good. Yeah, I remember hearing some stuff about that too. Yeah, so I mean, I mean they've got good, they've got good content though. Sometimes they go a little too far with the content, but at the same time, that's I mean that's to be commended. But at the same time, you get to see specials that you don't see on the network, like the, like I've mentioned the Beast and the East special. Sometimes you don't get to see. Uh, like I said, uh, like documentaries of the wrestlers behind the footage that they won't put out on DVD, like I've mentioned before, guys like Balor, guys like Sting, like Rollins, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they've got to be commended for it. Let's see, what else? Oh, no. Damn. I'd Sorry. see Table 3, Table 3 be Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, and yes. The Miz. I would love to see that. 
that would be a good discussion. I could I could see that. That would be that'd be an interesting debate to discuss. Yes. And uh, the reason why I said damn, folks, it wasn't because of that. It's because of what's been going on in the hockey game. The Penguins are up two nothing at one point, and now the Washington Capitals have tied it back up at two all. Apparently, as they've got two quick goals here in the second period. So right now it's two all. I'm hoping the Penguins can get the heads out of their backside here. I know it's been a rough uh, 48 hours for them. However, I know Jake Getzel. Made 2 nothing, but uh, apparently the Caps now have scored two quick goals here in this period. Evgeny Kustinov and Nate Schmidt, however, have tied up for Washington. So now we got a new game here with 11-10 left in the second. It is 2-all. Hopefully it won't be 2-all in the series after tonight if Washington finds a way to uh, take another one from the Penguins. Otherwise, however, the Penguins are in big trouble heading into Saturday night back in Washington. But the Penguins desperately, desperately, I feel, need this game more than Washington after what happened on Monday night. So... We'll be keeping an eye on that here, but uh, on that note, folks, we're going to kind of wrap it up here about five minutes early. Before we go, of course, I do want to thank Michelle for coming on the line today. Uh, Michelle, you have anything else to close us out with tonight? Uh, just keep enjoying and watching wrestling as much as you can. Exactly. I couldn't have said it any better. And on that note, folks, we will be back in the saddle here in just a little while. However, with Wrestling uh, Revolution, 138055-POUND, we'll be talking about SmackDown. We'll also be talking about uh, the latest news and birthdays from John Gross and, of course, Dora T. Smith and myself at the news desk. Also tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we will be continuing on. However, in case you're wondering, Michelle and Chad has informed me, and hopefully uh, he'll get a hold of Ann as well. We're going to continue on with our draft, however, from the night before, so be sure to uh, have your uh, draft picks ready. And, of course, tomorrow night, as I said, ladies and gentlemen, get ready for what should be an exciting doubleheader once again starting at 7 o'clock with Top Healing. Gerard T. Smith, myself, Michelle, and the gang, including the Wolf Queen and Heavy Metal, will be on the air beginning at 7 p.m., 1-4-0-5-6-2. And, of course, we will be on with Wolfpack Radio, one three eight five two one pounds at 9 o'clock or so. On that note, folks, we're going to take you out with a little rock and roll, however, with a little journey, if you have any way you want it, however, and I think you're going to like it, however. So right now, we're going to take it out right now for you, and we'll talk to you in a little bit. So for now, this is the Iceman, along with the Black Widow, saying so long from ringside, and we'll talk to you soon. Have a good night, everyone, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Good night.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.